smells Jesus-y. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. We are the aroma of Christ. God has spoken in many ways, but now he's spoken... Welcome to Smells Jesus-y, a podcast by Three Crosses Church. In this new series, Matt Waldron introduces us to Bible reading tools. Here's Matt. Today, I want to give you a couple of tools that will help you to read the Bible for yourself. Why do you want to do that? Well, you might have all sorts of reasons. Let me suggest two big ones. The first one, as I've already alluded to, is when we come to big challenging issues that we might disagree with, uh, disagree with each other, uh, but we still want to keep moving forward, like the current state of play with COVID, we're over the initial panic, people are trying to figure out the new normal, there are legitimate different experiences and feelings and thoughts that people have about that. Uh, it's not kind of enough just for one person to decide what the Bible says. We actually all want to be reading the Bible and figuring it out together. The second thing is the great, the, the kind of icing on the cake, the, the kind of real meat of Christianity is not only can we have our lives saved forever with Jesus, we can personally know God in Jesus. And so, you know, we all want to actually make the most of that, enjoy that, personally knowing God and relating to Him. And although the Bible is not the whole of that, the Bible is really foundational to that, actually reading the Bible and applying it for ourselves. So, uh, so today I'm going to firstly just explain briefly what I think are these key things to be able to apply the Bible ourselves. Uh, then I'm going to uh, show you a way of thinking about the teaching of the whole Bible. Here's a simple way of summarizing the teaching of the whole Bible, and then a simple way of connecting any part of the Bible to myself or yourself, to ourselves. Okay, so that's what we're doing. So firstly, uh, the, ba the, the basic thing that's involved in understanding the Bible and applying it to ourselves is to keep reading it or, you know, listening to an audiobook, however you do it. Uh, if there's a part of the Bible you don't understand, the thing that's ultimately going to help you to figure that out is to just keep reading the whole Bible until you see where that bit fits. Uh, but... The Bible's a very big book, and so that takes a long time. So it's good to have a head start of me telling you, you know, what I think is a good way to summarize the whole Bible. Of course, you should read the Bible for yourself and see if I'm right. But it's a way of giving you a kind of a running start, so you don't have to, you know, spend years and years reading the Bible before you start to think about what, it's, what it actually means. You want to start with some kind of basic understanding, and uh, you all have that. I'm going to show you one way of summarizing that that I think is convenient. It seems to me there's, there's basically two ways, two main ways to summarize the whole of the Bible. The first way is to summarize the story of the whole Bible. Because most of the books of the Bible are history books. There's stories of things that actually happened and how they happened throughout history and what that means for us. So we can summarize the story of the whole Bible. The other way is to summarize the teaching of the whole Bible, because the Bible has one united, coherent message. So we can take, you know, the topics that the Bible talks about again and again and again and summarize what is, you know, all the stuff that the Bible says. So basically, the story of the Bible helps us to understand a particular part of the Bible, because you can see how it fits into the story. Summarizing the teaching of the Bible helps us to apply the Bible because we can see how the issue fits into all the stuff the Bible says. Does that make sense? Story of the Bible. So if you're reading a story about something weird happening, to understand what I'm supposed to get out of it, 
the thing I really need to know is what the whole story is, so I can see how this story fits in. But if I want to actually apply it to my life, I need to know kind of broadly all the stuff the Bible says so I can make sure I apply this in a way that fits in with everything else. To just give one uh, you know, example, uh, there's a, a part of the Old Testament that says, uh, do not boil a baby goat in its mother's milk. Now, to understand what on earth is going on there, you need to understand the story. But we're not going to do the story this morning because what I want to tell you this morning is the Bible doesn't talk about that very often. That's not a big part of the Bible. And so to apply that, you actually need to know what are the big things the Bible says and uh, what to do about it. And then if you can be bothered later, you can figure out how not boiling uh, a baby goat in its mother's milk fits into the story and what to do with that in your life. But the first thing you need to notice is that's not something the Bible talks about very often. That's not a priority. Okay? So that's what we're doing this morning is what I think is the most practically useful thing for reading the Bible and applying it to ourselves. Here is a way of summarizing the teaching of the whole Bible. This is going to be very simple this morning. And then we're going to spend the next few weeks filling in more detail. So uh, there'll be two kinds of people in the room. On one hand, there'll be people who are not going to learn anything this morning. But hopefully this will be a fresh way of looking at it that you can compare to the way you usually think about things and think about uh, in what circumstances these different ways of summarizing things will be useful in helping other people. And there'll be some people for whom this is all new and it will be a lot to take in. So I'm going to try and you know, strike the right balance there. So firstly, uh, here is a way of summarizing all the big topics in the Bible. At the middle is the gospel. So this is who Jesus is and what he's done. And so this is traditionally called the person and work of Jesus. I'm going to draw a crown and a cross. The center of the whole message of the Bible is that Jesus is 100% God. He became a human being so he could live among us, die for our sin and be raised to life again to save people. So that's the absolute central focus of the Bible from start to finish. Uh, but the Bible passage we just read today uh, not only does it, it, it says that, so 1 Corinthians 15 says, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. And it's, it's this message, that Christ was died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Kephas and then to twelve. This is what He passed on of first importance, who Jesus is and what He did. Christ came and died and was raised to life again. But notice he says, this is according to the Scriptures. So to actually understand this, you need to understand the rest of what God has revealed. So down the bottom, I'm putting revelation, because that is the foundation. The only way I can know anything about God and His world is because He and His kindness reveals it. Uh, of course, this is not just uh, who Jesus is and what He's done. To understand why that's such a big deal, we need to understand the world we live in and uh, what the problem is. So over here, I'm going to put God, creation, and sin. God, creation, and sin. Uh, there is one eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He exists just in Himself, and He's created everything else that exists. And He's created human beings in His image to rule the world and enjoy the world under Him. But we've all turned away from God and tried to run life our own way. And the Bible calls that sin. So, I mean, you can believe in Jesus without understanding any of this, 
but this doesn't really make sense. What Jesus has done and why it works and why it changes everything doesn't really make sense until you understand who God is, who we are, and how things have gone wrong. Well, uh, it's not just that uh, Jesus has done this a long time ago and uh, that's nice to look back on. This changes the future as well. So at the top, I'm going to put last things. There are various, you know, words that people use to summarize this. This is one of the phrases in the Bible. Uh, the phrase in the Bible is the last days, but it's not just days, but things that happen. So uh, we're looking forward to the time when Jesus comes back, uh, raises all people who have ever lived to life, and then judges people. Uh, by looking at their works, it will be obvious whether people have turned to trust in Jesus or whether people have continued to go their own way. And so those people who trust in Jesus, Jesus' death and resurrection gives us eternal life with God in a renewed world. Those people who have rejected Jesus will stay separated from God and all his good gifts forever. And so this is the framework in which the Bible tells us how to live now. And so the first thing is salvation. How God turns us from living for our, ourselves and the things he's made to actually living for him, uh, enjoying him, serving him, and all the things that are involved in that. And of course, being human is a team sport. So we do that together. That's called church. Uh, that doesn't mean, you know, our church organizations. That means theologically, human beings being united to each other by being united to Jesus. Uh, and so uh, I didn't make this up. This, I got this from somebody else. And uh, one of the things I like about this is that it's visual. That won't be great for all of you, but that's great for me. And uh, arranging it this way is deliberately saying these things are all related. So I'm going to basically draw arrows everywhere to remind myself that all these things are related. Okie dokie. So what I do with this is when I'm reading the Bible, uh, I can first of all ask myself, what kind of topic is this chapter or this paragraph talking about? It might be talking about a couple of these things. It might be talking about just one. But by knowing, okay, this part of the Bible I'm reading is talking about, you know, sin, for example. What am I supposed to do with that? Well, the first thing I'm supposed to do with that is remember that Jesus has come to save people from sin. And so whatever I, uh, you know, across here. And so whatever I'm going to do with this part of the Bible needs to fit in with this plan of how the whole Bible teaches me uh, that Jesus has died to save us from sin. And so that's how I need to respond in that kind of context. Uh, now, some people really like to memorize a lot of details, and that, that's really useful for a lot of people. Uh, what I tend to do is just remember what the categories are, what the topics are, and then those things remind me to think of the things I know about that topic. Yeah? So, uh, of course, one of the things we have as a church is the Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, which is great because it gives us a connection to the history of God's work in the world. Uh, and the Westminster Confession of Faith was originally designed for people to learn, to like memorize all the words. And some people, that's really useful. If you're the kind of person who works that way, who likes memorizing words, then that, that's a great tool, okay? That's not me. So, so we don't all have to use this tool, but find a tool that's good for you, that works well for you, to you to be able to summarize, you know, what the kind of big ideas of the Bible are. So then when you're talking about a particular part of the Bible, 
or a particular topic in the Bible, you can kind of see where it fits into what you know about the whole of the Bible. So just to give uh, one example that's current, I was talking uh, with some friends at another church, some friends involved in leadership at another church, and they were talking about the kind of tensions and divisions that are happening in their church because of uh, COVID and the different government responses. And uh, one of the, the, the pe- my friends said to me, oh, I'm sick of people saying that you can't get vaccinated because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I said, gosh, I haven't even heard that one. Right? But I wasn't freaked out because I know where my body being the temple of the Holy Spirit fits in with all of the Bible's teaching. So I don't need to go, oh no, this this new crazy idea, what do I do about it? It's like, I already know where that fits into the teaching of the Bible as a whole, and so I could have a functional conversation with someone about the fact that they've misunderstood that. I mean, doesn't mean you have to get vaccinated, but the Holy Spirit is not the issue. Because I already know this is where it fits in. So that's, that's the kind of thing I want, is to, to get this kind of, it doesn't have to be this diagram, but to get the big topics in the Bible in your head so that then when you're reading the Bible for yourself, when people are making claims about what the Bible says, you can go, okay, I know basically what the Bible says, where does that passage or that topic fit in? Now we can have a constructive thought about it. All right. Um, a, a more general example about the difference this makes is just that everything about how we respond to Jesus, everything we, about how we respond to the Bible is supposed to be following Jesus. Yeah? And the, the whole Old Testament doesn't mention Jesus by name. So it can be a bit hard to know what do you do with it. But the whole Old Testament is about God and his creation and about sin. It's about God revealing himself in that context. It's about God making promises for the future. It's about God leading people to work together. It's about God saving people in particular circumstances. And so I can see how those things relate to the big picture. And so then that can teach me better how to follow Jesus. So to give you a more kind of detailed map of that, let's talk about the work of Jesus. Uh, Here we go. Where's the doctor? So in our Bible reading today, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, I'm, you know, let me remind you what I received, what I passed on to you of, as of first importance. And then it basically say, it says, it's Christ who died and was raised to life again. He was buried, so he was really dead. Uh, and he was seen by Peter and the Twelve and more than 500 other people and me. So he really was raised to life. The only other detail he, he kind of puts in there is that Jesus died for sins. Christ died for our sins. So, uh, as we think about the meaning of uh, what Jesus has done, uh, let me suggest a way of, once again, just remembering the dimensions of that. So, firstly, uh, Jesus has lived, died, and been raised. So, I'm going to write life, death, and resurrection. Uh, Of course, before he took on a human nature, uh, God the Son existed in eternity past, that's really important. I'm going to talk about that under the topic of God. Okay? And after his resurrection, Jesus has been raised to sit at God's right hand. Uh, he's currently running the universe uh, on behalf of his people. He's going to come back. But the things that Jesus came and did that make up the gospel, the central focus, that's his life, death, and resurrection. And then we can think of what he 
what these things mean or what he achieved in these things in terms of the way it fulfills the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, so we call Jesus Christ or Messiah, that means anointed one, basically. And in the Old Testament, there are three main roles that people were anointed for, sorry, anointed with oil. So you get some oil and stick it on them. Uh, in the ancient Near East, it was used for, like, a, it was a symbolic ceremony to appoint someone to a position of leadership. And so the three big roles of leadership in the Old Testament are the prophet, I don't know if you can read my writing, that's why I'm saying it out loud when I read it, <laughs> when I write it, prophet, priest, and uh, king. And so, if you think about these as dimensions, you end up with this grid to kind of remind you of the dimensions of what Jesus has done. He has lived and died and been raised to fulfill the work of the prophet, to reveal God, to fulfill the work of the priest, to purify God's people, to fulfill the work of the king, to lead people. So let me give you, uh, this This is likely to be new for a lot of people, so let me just give you a couple of Bible passages to show you that I didn't make this up. I could do that with, uh, so let's look at uh, Acts chapter 3, verses 19 to 23. This is where uh, the Holy Spirit has led Peter to go and uh, share the gospel with some people who are pagans, they're not Jews, uh, you know, they don't follow the kind of Jewish customs that the Jews use to express wanting to be purified by God. And so he's a bit unsure about how this is going to work. And in the course of kind of sharing the gospel and talking about what's going on, he talks about, he, he has come to understand more about God and his ways through this experience. And so not surprisingly, he talks about how Jesus reveals God. Jesus has this role of being a prophet. So, this is uh, Peter going and healing a beggar on the way into the temple and then explaining what happened. And uh, the context is he's trying to convince the Jews that they've got to be open to learning some new things about God and his ways. Right. So he's saying that that's part of Jesus' job. Uh, Acts chapter 3 from verses 19 to 23. Sorry about the sidetrack. Uh, he says to them, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. So he's trying to convince that the, the controversial thing is the Christians are saying there's new things we Jews need to learn about God and his ways because Jesus is a prophet, just as Moses said, there were going to be prophets after him. Uh, so that's the first one. The second one is about Jesus fulfilling the role of a priest, of purifying people. So here we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 and 12 say, But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. So here, the author of Hebrews says explicitly, you know, the Old Testament system had these symbols. You had a physical temple or a tabernacle. 
you had all these things built and decorated, you sacrificed animals to symbolize purification, but Jesus didn't go through a, t- a, a temple that people had made. He went to the most holy place. That is, he went to God's actual presence. And that's what his life and death and resurrection does. It's actually forgive sins, actually purify people. And then finally, uh, King, let's look at Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 5. Matthew chapter 21, the first five verses. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the story goes on with various people acknowledging that that's what's going on. So uh, the emphasis of that passage is that Jesus is a gentle king, but he's still the king. That's what he's done. So in his life, death, and resurrection, he's come to lead people. Uh, One of the things I like, uh, it's not accidental that I've drawn it this way, uh, Jesus' death for our sins is right in the center. Jesus' death to provide purification for sin is right in the center. So some of these squares are kind of more obvious to fill in than others, but you can fill them all in. If you want Bible references for all of those, see me afterwards or give me an email, uh, whatever. Um, but you know, to see that Jesus revealed God in his life is very easy because he walked around teaching the whole time and performing signs to back up what he was saying. It's very easy in his death that he died as a sacrifice to take our guilt on himself, to experience God's punishment in our place. That's how he is fulfilling the role of the priest was to purify people. And in his resurrection, he is raised up and shown to be the new human who everybody else needs to follow. But you can fill in all the other squares as well. So how does this help us when we're reading any part of the Bible? Well, when you just start reading a part of the Bible that doesn't mention Jesus, you might kind of think, how does this connect to Jesus? And of course, you can connect the story, and that's really useful. But to actually make an application, you want to connect the teaching, the meaning. And so any part of the Old Testament is almost always going to be explicitly concerned with one of these things. Is God revealing himself in some way in this part of the Bible? Is is this about God showing who he is and how his world works or his ways? Is it about God purifying people? Is it about God leading people? And well, Jesus' life, death and resurrection fulfills all those things. And so what we learn in other parts of the Bible about how God reveals himself, about how God purifies himself, about how God leads people, that teaches us things about how Jesus reveals God, purifies us, and leads us. All right. Uh, I think I just have the vibe that I should stop talking. Um, As much as I would like to keep talking about this, because this is the center of following Jesus, is what he's done for us. So I could talk about that probably for the next few hours. But that's not the point this morning. The point is to give you the tools to go and figure this stuff out for yourself. So I'm going to close in prayer and uh, there's time for morning tea and uh, would love questions. Oh, the other thing I should say is um, each week I'm posting a short video that gives the basic summary. So you might like to review by looking over that. Uh, You might like to share that with someone who it might be helpful. Yes. 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for revealing yourself to us and most of all for sending Jesus so that uh, we can be uh, purified and changed and led in the life that you created us for. Father, um, please help us to uh, grow in knowing these things, not just so that our heads will be filled with ideas, but so that we can live better lives, lives that we enjoy more, lives that uh, glorify you more, and lives that make the world a better place. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, just a reminder, if you didn't get the email about Russell and Heather, it means you're not on the email list. Please give me your email address so that this week you can get the email about what issues we need to talk about COVID so we can keep talking about these things and keep all being God's family together.